To build on our incredible economic success, one priority is paramount, reversing decades of calamitous trade policies. So bad. We are now making it clear to China that after years of targeting our industries and stealing our intellectual property, the theft of American jobs and wealth has come to an end. Many of us have heard that China is taking our jobs and the promise that jobs will be returning to factories across the Rust Belt. However, as presidents have come and gone, many of these jobs have been unable to return. A large reason why is automation. Automation in the past few decades has taken a hold of many industries and eliminated thousands of jobs. In the age of automation, there is a new future of work. Today on here, we will explore the future of work and non-work and we'll discuss how automation will affect employment and the way we see work in the future. I am Juan Lovato, and I'm here to answer these questions. It is important to first understand automation. As our world has become more technologically advanced, automation technologies have replaced manpower in many industries. An example that we all know by now are automobile factories. These jobs, once secure, have come and gone. According to Professor David E. Bloom, professor at Harvard Business Law School, Matthew McKenna, and Klaus Pretner from Georgetown University and the University of Mülheim in Germany, globally, an estimated 734 million jobs will be required between 2010 and 2030 to accommodate for recent and ongoing demographic shifts. A staggering number, if you imagine. It is easy to imagine that many of these jobs will be created but it is important to also understand that many of these occupations that currently exist are increasingly subject to the risk of automation. The failure of creating these jobs by 2030 puts social security systems across many countries at risk and undermines the success of the Sustainable Development Goals by the United Nations. In fact, it is something that people worry about. What will the future bring? Here we have an interview conducted by PBS Frontline acknowledging some of these fears. I'm scared. Um, I'm going to be quite honest with you. I, I worry about the future of not just this country, but the, in, the entire globe. If, if we continue to go in an automated system, what are we going to do? Now I've got a group of people at the top that are making all the money, and I don't have anybody in the middle that can support a family. So do we have to go to the point where we crash to come back? And in this case, the automation's already going to be there, so I don't know how you come back. I, I, I'm, I'm really worried about where this, where this leads us in the future. These fears are real, and it is also compounded by the fact that many of these jobs would not just be blue-collar jobs. Middle-income jobs would also be affected. While people assume that unskilled jobs will be the ones most effective, it is simply not true. Law firms, which at some point relied heavily on human work, now rely on computers that can scan thousands of legal briefs, and presidents to assist in pre-trial research. Estimates also finding that 40% of total U.S. employment is in a high-risk category, meaning these jobs could be expected to be automated relatively soon, perhaps over the next decade or two. Models also predicting that most workers working in transportation and logistic occupations, together with the bulk office of administrative support workers in labor production occupations being the most at risk. This is not a problem just in the United States, it is a global problem. With all types of jobs being at risk, 
What is the future of jobs hold? The future of work is happening now. We see a lot around us when we sit in our homes and do the many of the tasks that we once did from home. This is a new version of what the future holds for work and what work means. While work during the pandemic has not been perfect, it has begun discussions surrounding what the future of work holds. That is important because it helps us understand that along with the pandemic, the meaning of work is bound to change. A reasonably large supply shock of effects of technology and exponential growth of robots and related technology has the potential to shake up the world of work in the foreseeable future. This is the future that keeps on approaching. This also brings us to the important point. As we look into the future and see that many jobs are at risk, what is the idea of future work? Andrew Yang, the 2020 Democratic presidential candidate and candidate for New York City mayor addressed this in 2020. Here's Yang briefly speaking about the future of work in a Vice News interview. We are so brainwashed by the market that otherwise intelligent, well-meaning people will legitimately say we should retrain the coal miners to be coders. Yep. We are trained to think that we have no value unless the market says that there's a need for what we do. And so if coal miners now have zero value, then the thought process is, oh, we have to turn them into something that does have value. What has value? Coders. Mm -hmm. And then 12 years from now, AI is going to be able to do basic coding anyway. Sure. So this is a race we will not win. It's, it, the goalposts are going to move the whole time on us. The future of work will not be all perfect. And there are still many questions regarding what happens to the people that lose their jobs. What will happen to these individuals as we advance into a future where the jobs that they once held and are no longer eligible is a question that needs to be answered. To some, this will be a great opportunity to reimagine work. If people no longer have to go to work, what are they supposed to do? Some consider creating a new type of work called non-work. Non-work is exactly what it sounds. It is, however, not a relatively new idea. Non-work has been here for as long as work has existed. In fact, in pre-modern times, social activity was much less clearly demarcated into periods of work and leisure, and the physical location of work in a separate domain was largely absent. Industrial capitalism transformed the definition of work and the experience of the worker, while at the same time recasting people as consumers of leisure. This idea of work is relatively new. John Danaher from the National University of Ireland Galway School of Law argues that, although there are reasons to worry about the societal impacts of technological unemployment, there are also reasons to embrace it. While to some, this might start discussions about anti-work, Danaher argues that this anti-work critique allows us to see the various ways in which our lives could be improved by substituting robotic labor for human labor. First, we will be free to pursue our own conception of good life. Our health and well-being could be enhanced. We create ourselves of the drudgery, coercion, and the degradation of the many forms of work. It also introduces individuals to the idea of universal basic incomes to survive. Kevin Drum argues that the universal basic income is something that will be interesting in a post world that robots have taken over, a time where everyone will be qualified for a certain level of income from the state but the level guarantee income will be fairly modest because we would actually still want people to work. Unemployment wouldn't be as stigmatized as it is today, neither will widespread joblessness. It is important to also understand that there is much more that we can do instead of letting robots take over. 
Danaher argues that it may be possible to mitigate some of these concerns by harnessing technology in the right way. In particular, if we pursued increased integration of technology, not increased externalization. These solutions, while still in their infancy, do allow us to see an ever-changing world. The future of automation is here, and what we do to embrace it is truly dependent on us. Embracing technology and integrating into our daily lives is something that could ease our fears. Integration does not necessarily mean taking over, but allowing technology to help us in our daily lives is a great start. Thank you for listening, and once again, remember to keep learning. Information surrounding the evidence listed in this podcast is present in our transcript. Please read. Thank you once again.